0: ladies and gents, how's everyone feeling? Good, Be sure? Yeah. All right, how's your masks? Adjustable, okay? Surviving? Yes, we're alive? All right, can you guys hear me right at the back? Am I nice and clear? Great, superb, superb, superb. Welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is Pastor Emmanuel Anthony. I'm an associate pastor here at the Cornerstone Church. And we're going to go into a time of the word. Before we go into the word, let us bow our heads and pray heavenly father lord i thank you this morning i thank you for your goodness i thank you for your mercy i thank you for bringing us here today even as we just celebrated a time to be amongst friends and family members you've still brought us together the body of christ and father i just pray that the word that goes forth lord may be received by every mind by every heart for those that have an ear let them hear O oh lord may we all be receivers of your holy word and may your word continue to live in us dwell in us that we will become the temple of the true living God and our beings become the temple of you and everything that you do. Father, I pray that we'll just continue just to be saints that are set alight by the flame and the fire of the living God. That is where we go into what we do in our worlds, in our places of work, in our homes, amongst family, that we will be alive in you, oh God, we will be alive in you. In a world where it is darkness, we see that the light, the darkness cannot comprehend the light. And may we walk in the light, may we walk in your light, may we walk in your truth. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen, 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 amen. If you're with me, turn with me to the book of James chapter 1, and I'm going to be reading from verses 19 through to 27. James chapter 1, reading from verse 19 through to 27. As per usual, I'll be reading from the New King James Version. If you're there with me, please say aye. You guys can see that now, right? You good? James chapter 1, verse 19 through to 27. So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. For the wrath of man doesn't produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness, and overflow all wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word, not only hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, and is not only a forgetful hearer, but also a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. Verse 26. If anyone among you thinks he is religious and doesn't brindle his tongue but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit the orphans, the widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the Word, bless be his holy word today's sermon is entitled "Man in the Mirror." Man in the Mirror." When I was putting this sermon together, I just I began to think of many times where the importance of a mirror, and there are various types of mirrors that we have in this world some mirrors. Are examples of people that can tell us, oh, there's something on your face. For those of us during this Christmas period where you've been eating and enjoying and eating some more, and you get so carried away in eating, you forget the countenance of your face. And everyone's looking at you and you're laughing, you're making Christmas jokes, but they're laughing at something entirely different from what you're laughing at. For some of us, I remember my wonderful, lovely sisters when when they're out and about, they're like, I'm going to the bathroom, and for some reason, sometimes they go in groups. And I've always wondered, why do you go in groups? And when they go in groups to the bathroom, sometimes when they get to the bathroom, I'm like, it's just a bathroom. But it seems that you've spent more time than expected in the bathroom. And at times, when they've come out or when I've gone to social media, I see wonderful pictures, and the bathroom becomes the showroom. And then being in the bathroom at times where you see the pictures and the mirrors, I've also realized that sometimes, wonderful, some of my wonderful makeup users, how many times would you ever apply makeup to one's face without looking in the mirror? How many times would you ever apply makeup to one face without double-checking to see if the concealer's been put on right, the eyeliner is is there, and the wonderful lipstick or whatever you're using in that moment in time is adjusted to suit the wonderful smile that you possess? How many times? How important is the mirror in our lives where we need a mirror to really see what we look like, but how much more is important a spiritual mirror to see where we spiritually are at in our own lives? My wonderful guys that like to make sure that their hairline is looking on point. As soon as lockdown kicked in, boy, the first person that they called was their barber, not even their loved ones. And what happens in time, we realize that there is an important emphasis of making sure that you're looking in according to the way you feel, the way you act, and the way you want to be perceived by the world. The problem that we have with some of these things is that unless we have the same level of application and importance to a spiritual mirror, the external facade of our being may be appreciated by man but might not be appreciated by God. The external facade of our being may be seen by all of our loved ones but internally God's like, you might need to come back and look in the mirror. You need to come back and see what I see. You need to come back and see what the world doesn't see because if there's one thing I've seen in this world is that even our loved ones may know us, but nobody knows us like the way God knows us. Even those that are close to us may see us, but nobody can see the mess within this whole being than what God sees. So why do I talk about the man in the mirror? I share this because overlooking over the past 12 months of this year, as we embark on this new decade, as in a few days, we're going to enter a new year. I began to see something al- alongside within my network, within things I saw outside, and within just how I was browsing amongst social media, that many of us have sometimes put down our spiritual mirror. The pandemic for some has led to some people <coughs> isolating. Not only isolating from a virus, but isolating spiritually. And in, a, in such isolation, they thought for- they were taking a break. The problem is that after you take a break, you need to come back and find some form of normality as you begin to engulf with reality. The problem is that we hear sometimes the quote that the enemy makes work for idle hands. The thing with idle hands is that the enemy tells you to rest, and then you work, and then you rest, and then you work. And now where we forget that we are not only physical beings, we are spiritual beings embodied with a physical body, We've forgotten that we need to continue to maintain our spiritual growth. The man in the mirror. It tells us, as we see in that James, the opening of James chapter 19. So then, beloved, beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. Not the wrath of man, which doesn't produce the righteousness of God. And I want to quickly flow through 10 things I believe us to be kingdom minded of what we need to carry into. 2021 and beyond what we see in verse 19 and verse 20 there the man is slow to wrath not it doesn't produce the righteousness of God as I read that verse straight away it reminded me of this current age of cancel culture where as soon as they see one person's mistake cut them cancel them as soon as somebody has hurt you cut them cancel them as soon as somebody makes an error cut them cancel them and I began to see this, and this is something that's prominent in our current culture. And I asked myself, it's is prominent in our culture, but is it Christ-like? It's prominent in our culture, but is it the way we should be looking in the mirror? It's prominent in our culture, but is this the way Jesus told us to turn the other cheek? Or we basically say we need to cut off the hand that has slapped our own cheeks. The man in the mirror. As I share the scripture with you guys today, and this message with you guys, I share it with myself. Man, you're looking in the mirror. What has your character traits been like in the year 2020? Where have you almost rested to the point that you put God's word down and you forgot to pick it up in certain areas of your life? Where have you picked up God's word and you've assigned it to areas of your life that you're happy with? Oh yeah, I'm, I'm using it over there. I'm using it over there. This, no, nah, God, I'm just I don't need your word over there. I, 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 I've got the hang of this in this area of my life. And I've come to see if we do not put God's word be in the mirror in every area of our life every area of our life we ultimately are saying that we are the God in that particular area of our life and there's a way that seems right to a man but in the end it leads to death and we say we adopt a council culture not knowing that we soon may be cancelling ourselves out from our names being in the Lamb's book of life or being in a position where God is drawing us saying oh God I've got this Because it only starts with a small seed that begins to overflow in so many other areas of our life. And pride becomes puffed up. And ultimately, we are not recognized by the true and living God. So number one, as I was saying, we need to learn that we must think critically, pause before we speak, and adopt a Christ-like nature where we cancel the council culture that we are subscribing to every other person that we see in this world. Unfortunately, we live in a world where the council culture has told us that we judge people based on their yesterday, but we forget that God is the author of their tomorrow. But if we remember that God is the author of their tomorrow, that should hold us in a place of true humility, where we esteem others above ourselves, able to look out for our neighbor, able to learn to forgive each other, able to extend the olive branch. And I'm not saying there isn't room where you need to build up borders and you need to um, guard your space, you, you need to understand that there needs to be a certain distance between certain people that people are there to pull you down. But what I'm saying is that there's a difference between a border and a brick wall. And for some of us, we've put up a brick wall, but we cannot see outside of that wall to see the change that God is making outside of the space and the confined that we've put ourselves in. The isolation has led people to making their own gods, to in their own tabernacle, to make in their own altar. But God isn't present there. And we must be mindful that we must continue to make God the center of our lives and not make man the center of our lives. Point number two, stay rooted in God's word, which is the mirror that saves our souls. James chapter one, verse 21. If you're looking down, it says, therefore lay aside all filthiness, the overflow of wickedness, which, and receive meekness that is in the implanted word which is able to save your souls. Where are you rooted? I was like, you know what, Lord, I really want to kind of have a sermon that will really kind of just, just enrich us and take us and make us excited. And God's like, no, nah, that's not what I want you to share with my people on this day, Emmanuel. We need to know where are we rooted? Where are we planted? If we do not examine and look in the mirror to see where we reach rooted and where we planted, we may be dislodged. In my study of architecture in Kingston University, there was a period of time where we had to look at landscape architecture and look at the plants and the trees and then what sort of um, external facade, what sort of things do we want, what sort of bushes and stuff do we want in and around the building, not only the building itself. And as I was learning about planting and and the trees and the sort of trees that we want to kind of give a, a, a particular aesthetic feel towards the building and the environment they'll say that there is a way that you uproot a tree and move it to move towards a particular building. I was like, yeah, but can't you just pull it like, No, 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 you need to uproot it a particular way. Otherwise, the trees can go into shock and anxiety. So what? Trees can go into shock and anxiety. Like, yeah, plants have feelings too. Oh, okay. I share that because I truly believe that maybe to some degree this pandemic has almost uprooted certain people. And that's led to shock, anxiety, worry, depression, and not actually knowing one's true identity. But I want to r- remind every single person that may we be rooted in God's word. May we be rooted in what he's told us that we must be, the, the implanted word is able to save our souls. Because when a, sh- a tree goes into shock, even when you move that tree and you plant it beside the wonderful architectural building that you want to, to now have the nice aesthetics in and around the building, The problem is that the tree stands strong for a period of time, but it dies and withers away much faster than it ever should have if you moved it in an adequate way. Where are we rooted? Number three, we must learn to practice the word that we preach. We must learn to practice the word that we preach. James chapter 1, verse 22 to 25 there, it says, Be doers of the word, not only hearers, only deceiving who? Yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his what? natural face in the mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately he forgets what kind of man he was. He immediately forgets what kind of man he was. As I was just mulling over that, I started thinking of my own life. Times where going to church was a chore. You're looking at the time and yes, it's going to ensue. You heard a sermon. You do all the Christianese acts, you applaud. Or in my case, when it's praise and worship, praising the Lord always, praising the Lord. And as soon as your mom looks at you, yeah, always. So we act and we know how to play Christianese, but as soon as we leave the building, there is no Christ that lives within us. It is vital that we look in the mirror of our lives and we see that, what are we actually playing at? Are we playing a game? Because sooner or later, the curtains are going to come down. Sooner or later, people are going to see who we are. And if they never see who we truly are, one of the greatest dangers is that the world continues to applaud us for our performance. But God says that we never even apply for the role. And as I began to think, like, wow, Lord, we're really good at playing act. We're really good at playing games. We're really good at putting on that facade. We're really good at saying as well, yeah, God is good, isn't it? Yeah, God is good all the time. God is good, but you cannot forgive your family member. And as soon as you get home, that family member that hurts you, you're just finding every way to avoid them. Because I don't want to confront them, even though at times the Holy Spirit might say, this is the time to forgive them. This is the time to have that, converse, that hard conversation with them. Not knowing that you think you need to forgive them, but God really wants to do the work in you. And it is so, so, so important that we're able to practice what we preach. We're not just here to perform. I remember once hearing a quote that God is the only person that can still employ you, keep you work. Sorry, God is the only person that can sack you but still keep you working. And when I heard that, I was like, oh, really? Like, yeah. So ministers, teachers, people, servants, yeah, you're still there. You're still serving. But if you're using that as a rod to qualify that you're doing something great for God and you've misunderstood God's grace. And that's why I believe why it's important when it says, remember the prisoners. Because the prisoners are the ones that were very easy to judge at times. Stand forward, yeah, hold that. Turn to the left, yeah. Thank you. Turn back forward, yeah, turn the other side. It's very easy. There's a, there's a picture that depicts them. And then we make a judgment on the picture and on their past. not knowing that God has the power to redeem them. To show them the true purpose that he has in store for them. We shouldn't forget such people. Because we were all prisoners once upon a time. And whoever the sun sets free is free indeed. Number four. Remember you are in the world, but you are not to be one with the world. Remember you are in the world, but you are not to be one with the world. Look at me at James chapter 1 verse 26 to 27. Where it says, if anyone is among you who thinks he's religious... And doesn't brindle his tongue, but deceives his own heart. This one's religious, this one's religion, sorry, is useless. Pure and undefiled religion before God and the father is this, to visit the orphans and the widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. Unspotted from the world. How can one keep themselves unspotted from the world? I would say the easy and the primary way, not the easy, but mainly the primary way is to remain in his word. So you know that what you are in, you continue to go through, but you do not remain stagnant in what you see. What do I mean by that? In your places of work, amongst some friends, or, uh, in, in certain secular environments, you're in those spaces, you're in those vicinities. But the moment you allow your feet to remain rooted in it, you forget that you're is just passing through. You forget that you're going in a direction that you're actually meant to be a light into such a dark place to show people that this is the direction I'm going through. I want you to come through with me. Because sometimes, if you allow your feet to be planted in a place long enough, it becomes that quicksand. Oh, I'm just chilling here. I you chill a little bit too long. <laughs> the more you move your feet, the harder it is to leave. That's why I believe sometimes scripture says, flee from the appearance. What appearance is the world picturing to you? that you're thinking that this is where I want to make my home. I always say that you must be careful because our abide becomes our abode. Whatever we abide in can soon become our abode. Whatever we abide in, whatever we stay in, soon becomes normal. And when it becomes normal, it becomes part of our character. when it becomes part of our character, we are very quick to forget Christ and say that this is the person that I am, the man in the mirror. Who are we? For some, this pandemic has exposed where we are spiritually. For some, this pandemic has shown us how much we need Christ. For some, this pandemic, we're indifferent. And in that level of indifference, it's quite a dangerous place to be in. Because you don't want to be so far deep in God because it seems a little bit long and laborious. But you don't want to really associate with the world so you kind of stay here. The problem is that if you stand on a moving treadmill, you're still going to fall off. And it is so vital for us to remain in the mirror of God's mercy, in the mirror of God's clarity that wants to show us what we truly look like so we can make the right adjustments. So there's no smear of the makeup. Oh, that's a mistake. I need to really adjust that. Oh, Barbara, that hairline. No, you need to trim that little area a little bit more. See, we are very good at seeing the small details when it's what we want to see. But how much more so the details of what the Holy Spirit wants to dwell within us in order for the world to see. Let your light so shine before men. That will bring glory to our Father in heaven. And sometimes even one of the tricks of the enemy is that he makes you believe in false humility. So as soon as it says, Let your light so shine before men, oh no, I don't want to I don't want to be seen by the world. No, 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 no. So we do that because sometimes the fear is not only the fear is not only that the world will see you, sometimes the fear is that what happens if the world sees you, but we fall off. What happens if I'm actually a public success and I forget you, God? Guess what? That's even a great opportunity to pray. God, wherever you're t- telling me to go, I'm going to go, but God, hold my hand. God, hold my hand through it. God, don't allow this gift to be an idol in my place. Don't allow me to begin to honor your hand and forget your heart, oh God. Hold my hand, God. Hold me. Because I truly believe that's one of the ways we can truly work out our salvation in fear and trembling. Because it says as I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no even sometimes you're gonna have to go into that valley. God is dark there. God says, go. But oh God it's dark there. God, no, no, I'm gonna stay here. But you're forgetting that, that, that you're forgetting that, that, that God Himself has moved. And you want to remain in a place where He's moved. Like God is cold here. God says, because I've moved. I've moved. Move with me. Come. The Ark of the Covenant goes before you. Go with it. Move with it. Because if you stand afar from where God is, it's going to become cold. And when it gets cold, guess what? The heart becomes callous. And when the heart becomes callous, guess what? It's even harder to forgive. It's harder to receive. And it's even harder to perceive the thing that God wants you to do in that moment in time. We must be people that are not of this world, even though we are in this world, as we pass through this world, as sojourners for Christ. Number five. Surround yourself with friends that build you up and can hold you accountable. Remember the key words there. Surround yourself with friends that can build you up, but also hold you accountable. Turn with me to Proverbs chapter 27 and look at verse 17. Proverbs chapter 27, look at verse 17. As iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the the countenance of his friend. If a man is going to sharpen the countenance of his friend, guess what? That means your friend is working on your behalf. That means your friend is actually putting in effort to see the best you in Christ. Not those friends that, that say, oh, well, done. I see what you're doing there. Or like some of us in Southeast London. I want to be like you, fam. I want to be like you. I want to be like you, fam. But are they actually working to aid you to be in the best you in Christ? He sharpens the countenance of his friend. Look at verse 18. Whoever keeps a fig tree will eat its fruit. So he who waits upon the master will be honored. And that takes you to point number six, which is wait upon the Lord and do not be seduced by the world. Wait upon the Lord and do not be seduced by the world. Whoever keeps the fig tree will eat its fruit. See, he who waits on his master will be honored. And I'm realizing that in this year, 2020, Some people have been trying to perform so that other people can make them feel that, yeah, they came through 2020 unscathed. No! Because if you're rushing to be a worldly success, but a private spiritual failure, then God doesn't recognize you. God doesn't recognize me. God doesn't recognize us. But we must learn to wait upon the Lord because it's very easy to get the applause of man because of what they saw you perform to achieve in this world. But God says, that's not what I had you to do. See, even if you're driving the wrong way fast and you do not turn, you do not humble yourself and hit the brake, hit reverse, turn, do a three-point turn and go the other way, you forget that three-point turn is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit that's telling you to go a different way. Be careful that we are not going the wrong way fast because the enemy is very, very good and show you the flashy and the shiny lights to keep you entertained. But as he keeps you entertained... There is no spiritual maintenance within our soul, within our being to keep us growing and to keep us rooted in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Point number seven, use God's word as your compass as well as your mirror and mentor. Use God's word as your compass as well as your mirror and mentor. And as we see there in verse 19 in in Proverbs chapter 27, it tells us, as in the water, face reflects face. So a man's heart reveals man. As in a water, face reflects a face. So a man's heart reveals a man. Let me put a spin on it. Earlier I said that some of the ladies would go and use the mirror just to kind of maybe pose and see how they want to kind of be perceived and how they want to look when they see the snapshot. I said how the guys, when they get the trim or when they want to look, there's a way that they want things and they use the mirror for those things. But let, let's paint a picture. What happens if... When we looked in the mirror, rather than how we perform in front of the mirror, is our thoughts begin to pop out. Let me add a bit more meat to that. You see, sometimes we pose for the mirror, yeah, so we can be perceived in a particular way. Snap that. Snap that. Yeah, it's not. yeah. No, hold on, hold on. Yeah. No, hold on. I need a bit more. Yeah, yeah, hold on. Yeah, yeah. Take it now. Take it now. Yeah. You see, there's a picture that shows what's taking place, but the picture doesn't show the thoughts of what I want to take place. So what happens if, I'm going to pose like this. Yeah, now let me, let me, yeah, a little bit more. Yeah, now he can see the curves there. Yeah, you see that? Yeah, you better be looking at that, too. Yeah, 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 I've been doing leg day for the past five months. Yeah, you see that? Yeah, yeah. See, what happens if the picture allowed it to add notes of your thoughts of what you wanted the picture to see? Would you pose differently? Would you behave a different way? Oh, this trim, yeah. It's loud. Can't look at this hairline on my bold malt ch- chocolate maltese head. Yeah? You see that? How you gonna act like that? Yeah? You see to the picture, everyone's like, oh, wow, you're looking smooth. To me, I'm like, oh, my days. When that girl sees me then, I can definitely get in her pants. Yeah. But the world doesn't see your thoughts. The problem is, God does. And that's a very big problem. The problem is, God does. And that's a very big problem. Because you can go onto your Instagram, and if you go onto some of the settings, it'll tell you some of the things of what you liked in the past. I went through, because I was doing some um, studies for social media and how people can grow their social media. And as I went through it, there some things I liked I didn't even know. Not that they were bad. I, just, wow, I didn't even forgot about that. You see, it keeps a history of some of the things that you have liked. The problem is that your thumb or your finger still has to press something in order to indicate something in history. But God sees your thoughts regardless of your actions. There's a level to the detail of the archive that he has for you. And if you we were to see it, you like, God, no, God, me? No, 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 never that. God, I, I didn't even perform that because I saw your thoughts. The man. In the mirror. That's why I say let God be your mirror as well as your mentor. Let him be your compass. Let him direct your thoughts. Let him direct your actions. Let him direct your way of thinking. Let him direct your behavior. Let him direct your heart of forgiveness. Let him direct it. Number eight. Tame your eyes and your worldly desires by submitting them to God. Proverbs chapter 27, verse 20. Hell and destruction are never full. So the eyes of a man are never satisfied. Hell and destruction are never full. So the eyes of a man are never satisfied. I'll never forget in university when I didn't even know the Lord. And there was one guy who was just Bible Bible guy, holding Bible and everything, just speaking so humble. I used to look at him like, this guy, relax. Live a little, you know. Don't listen to some Rick Ross. (gasps) Like, relax. And one time I was walking, me, him, another person, and there's some girls that are walking by. And me and the guys are like, rawr. Oh. That boy straight away he put his head down. He kept walking. I remember looking at him like, are you a unique. And for those that understand what I mean by unique, it means like geek and boring or like, what's up? Like, Relax, live a little. He put his head down. It's only a few years later as I began to grow in the faith and I could see how much the eyes and the flesh can ruin and wreck your inner soul and being. I realized that we laughed at that guy. But he was willing to serve the Lord. He's willing to serve the Lord with his eyes and with his heart. I'm not looking down and walking. You know, for some of us, as embarrassing as that may be when you're out with friends, it's the best thing you could ever do. Because you don't even know how small those seeds are going to germinate like jack and a beanstalk in your heart and in your mind. And in a moment in time, you're going to find yourself lost at sea. Lost at sea in sin. Why? Because you didn't discipline your heart and your mind. We need to learn to tame our eyes and our worldly desires and submit it to God before it ruins us. Number nine. Ask God to search your heart. Ask God to search your hearts. Turn with me to Psalms 139. 139. Let's look at verse 23 to 24. Psalms 139. Let's look at verses 23 to 24. Search me, O Lord. Sorry, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me, and know my anxieties. And see if there is any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way of everlasting. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me, and know my anxieties. And see if there is any wicked way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. Search, know, try, see, lead. Search, know, try, see, lead. Search me, oh God. Who does the searching? God. But in order for God to search you, you need to stand in front of his mirror. He's not going to search you unless you stand in front of his mirror. Why? Because if you try and say, God, search me, oh God, but you don't stand in front of his mirror of his word, you don't stand in front of the mirror of the people that he's kept accountable for you, you don't stand in front of the mirror of prayer, if you don't do that, guess what? You become like the the man that hears the word, but instantly forgets the word. Because it says that God sees your natural face. No makeup, no shape up, nothing. Your natural face, the true you. He wants to see that. Search me, oh God. Search the next one, No. It says it says, Know my heart. The word of God says the heart of man is heavily wicked. That's why I find it very interesting when I see people in this world that says, Yeah, man, follow your heart. Just follow your heart, just go with your flow. We see the Disney movies. I feel in love you. I'm following your heart. Go with where your heart leads. That's the way that you need to go. I'm like, rah, the devil's really got about, you know. Really got about. And we're led with our heart and we forget to take our head with us. Our heart, search my heart, oh God. Why search my heart? Because my heart is so wicked. I don't even know it's full desires. My heart is so dangerous that it can even deceive me. And we're going to go back and look at James again earlier. What did it say? It said that they were able to deceive themselves. Look at verse 22. It says, be doers of the word and not only hearers, deceiving yourself. Be doers of the word. Why? Because the moment you neglect the body of the Christ, the moment you neglect, the moment you neglect forgiving people, the moment you forget the communion of the saints. Oh, I don't even know. I'm just gonna just tune in online. But then you make that permanent habit and you wonder why you don't grow, because you're not challenged. The only person that could challenge you is you. And if you're not challenged, there is no growth. Because even the greatest athletes have a coach or a mentor. But then we want to be the best in our, what we want to do. And that's why many people in the early parts of the outbreak of the pandemic of 2020, what did they say? Oh, take me back to 2019. Take me back to Egypt. Forget his promised land, because all I see is pain. Forget his promised land, because all I see is more problems. Forget his promised land, because all I see is poverty. Forget it. But without faith, it's impossible to please him. So we want the promised land but we forget that we need to learn to please him even in the midst of pain and problems. We must learn to look to God as we tame the eyes as we move forward and we ask him to search our hearts. Search. Know. And when I put try I also put test. Because try is a test. Try me. Which means you know I've, I've kind of come to a certain level now God. Try me. And when he tries you you get graded. But even though you get graded, his grace is sufficient. Try me. But the problem is that if we are not accountable to each other, if we've forgotten the gathering of the saints, if we forgot that the body of Christ and the church is us, not this building, but us, how can we be tried and tested? How can we be refined in the fire? But we get consumed by the fire spiritually, but externally we look the same. Because we forgot to be people that are men and women in the mirror. And what does it tell us in verse 24? And see if there is any, sorry, even the latter part of verse 23. Try me and know my anxieties. What am I worried about? What am I concerned about? What am I putting in? What have I made an idol? But it's important, but I've made it more than important. I've made it number one. I've forgotten Matthew 6.83 to seek first the kingdom of God and its righteousness. Forgetting that you said, Lord, everything else will be added on to me. I just chased everything else and now I want you to be the addition to that. No, God is more than the, the, God is more than the sprinkles. He's the whole ice cream. He's the whole, the whole cone. And the problem with that, even an ice cream and a cone is not even enough of an example to signify who God is in our life. But we just made him the sprinkle on the top. Now nah, too much sprinkle yet. A little bit of cherry sauce. We, we've made that to be God and we fought everything else. Is our heart's desire. And now everything else has now become an idol in and of itself. See if there's any wicked way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. If you cannot be led, you cannot grow. If you cannot be led, you cannot be saved. If you cannot be led, you cannot be directed. If you cannot be led, you cannot be helped. As God says, draw near to me to draw near to something means that you need to be directed in a particular direction. and I want draw near to you." It is so so important that we do not allow ourselves to be consumed by what we see, but we allow our hearts to be sanctified by the Holy Spirit that lives within us. Point number 10, and I'm wrapping up here. excuse me. Point number 10. First Corinthians chapter 13, ver, chapter 13, verses 10 to 12. And when which was perfect has come, then that which is in part is done away. And when I was a child, I spoke like a child. I understood like a child. I fought like a child. But when I became a man, I put childish things away. You can only truly put childish things away when you're choosing to be the man in the mirror. Because then you can examine your growth. Then you can examine your growth against God's word. Then you can examine your growth against the Holy Spirit and the voice of the Holy Spirit that wants to commune with you. And what does it tell us? It tells us there what? Spoke, understood, and thought. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. And I thought as a child. Up until we're willing to change our speech to be more Christ-like. Up until we're aiming to change our understanding to a growth mindset and see things from the word of God rather than the worries in the world. But until we're willing to change those two things, we can't change the way we think. But when we change those two things, we can change the way we think from childish behavior and childish thought process to a a, a Christ-like nature to a Christ-like way of thinking. I became a man. And then we can truly put childish things away. And verse 12 says what? For now you see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. And now in part." But then you shall be known as I am known. It might not make sense to you in this moment, this mess as we're just kind of going through. Just We're kind of going through. And what happens? People in the world are like, stop, man. Just live a little. Take a break. Like, take a break. Now I need to get to the promised land. Now take a break. Now I need to continue to fulfill purpose. Take a break. Now I need to quickly go and forgive my brother or sister because it's eating me up inside. Now take a break. Take a break. And yet yeah, there are times we need to take a break. But we shouldn't take the break that the enemy wants because his break wants to leave us broken. We need to be mindful, be vigilant of the devices of the enemy. Please, saints. And the bonus one I want to give you all in number 11 is taken from Jeremiah chapter 17. And I'm going to speed read through this one for you. But I I encourage us all to please read through this in our own time, in our own study, in private. In Verse 5. Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes his flesh his strength. Whose heart departs from the Lord, for he shall be like a shrub in the desert and shall, and shall not see when good comes, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness, in a salt land which has no inhabitants. Verse 7. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord whose hope is in the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its roots by the river. And it will not fear when the heat comes. You see, sometimes that heat is the pressures of what we're seeing in this 2020, in this pandemic, and some of the pain and the problems that we're seeing. This heat. He will not fear, but his leaf will be green. He will not be anxious in the year of drought. Has this been a year of drought for some of us? Has this been a year of challenge for some of us? Nor will he cease yielding fruit. Verse 9. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart and I test the mind. I, the Lord, search the heart and I test the mind. Why is this year as a test? What happens if this year is your tithe? Tithe? What do you mean, Emmanuel? We're in a new decade. One-tenth. What happens if this year is your year of sacrifice, your year of testing, your year of tithing? But because our perspective is flawed, we carry the problems of this year into many years to come. That's not to say 2021 might be different, but it is to say that we have the power through the Holy Spirit to change our perspectives towards it. Because if you're to give one-tenth and 2020 was one-tenth of this new decade, then we need to be expectant, prayed up, focused for what God is about to do in the next nine years. No matter what it looks like in the physical, we know that God is always in control of the physical as well as the spiritual. He's in control. But do we trust him through it? Are we going to abide in him through it? Jump with me down to verse 11. And as a partridge in a brood that does not hatch, so is he who gets riches but doesn't, but doesn't do it right. And it will leave him in the midst of his days. And at his end, he will be a fool. Verse 12. A glorious high throne from the beginning in the place of our sanctuary. Verse 13. O Lord, the hope of Israel. All who forsake you shall be ashamed. Those who depart from me shall be written in the earth because they have have forsaken the Lord, the fountain of the living waters. I pray as saints, and I just entitled this one in bonus point number 11, is may we continue to put God before man. May we continue to put God before our problems we continue to put God before the worries that we find in this world because cursed is the man who trusts in flesh and in his strength if we trust in our own strength if we trust in our own flesh if we trust in everything that we can do and we forget to put God in his rightful place ultimately we are following a worldly compass that's going to leave us crippled but if we do put on Christ and we put our faith in our Lord and Savior the one that died on the cross of Calvary for us no matter what we go through, we'll be refined by the fire because all things work together for the good and those that are called by God, those that love God, all things for his purpose. How do I find my purpose, Emmanuel? How do I find, how do I hold on to the promise in the midst of the problems? By remembering that when Jesus said it's finished, he also counted 20-20 with it. When Jesus said it is done, You also included the rest of time within it. But the question is that, are you going to hang on to that? And do you believe in that? Do you believe in that? Because when you hang on to that and you believe in that, you could be the person, the man or the woman in the mirror that says it is well, it is well, it is well with my soul. Let's bow our heads and pray.